0: Alright, we are on with the post show. I'm gonna play some more Milky Chance here in the uh, sound bed. So
1: So let's talk about magnets a little bit more. Fucking magnets. Uh, Do you have another magnet?
0: I do have more of those. Yes. Let me go get one. Yeah. I took apart a whole bunch of hard drives to get those awesome magnets.
1: Jeff is going to walk around. What I'm going to try to explain is a little bit about magnetic fields. A little... I don't know. We'll see how effective it is. We'll see if Jeff thinks it's interesting. And if Jeff thinks it's interesting, that gives me an idea that other people think it's interesting. I don't know. But what I I find interesting about magnets is um, that most people's... The perceptions of them are, are different than than the, how they actually look. So if we take a look at this magnet thing that Jeff has brought to me, this is a little bit harder to deal with than what I wanted to present, because there's no real... It's hard to get the repulsion aspect. You can sort of do it, right? But it's hard to demonstrate it totally, but here you go. You can feel like there's a repulsion sure. force if yeah. you, you bring them like this here. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you bring them in the other way, there's an attractive force. Well, what's interesting about magnets is they're dipoles, as we've talked about before. So one side of the magnet is essentially trying to pull in this other magnet, and the other side is trying to push it away. At the same time, this has happened. But since these poles are closer, they're going to be attractive. Now, the interesting thing is that there's then this... Strong magnets, aren't they? Very strong <laughs> attempt to pull it away. So where is the energy coming from? Well, the energy to pull it away is just as much as as the attractive power does. So that's where that energy is. Mm-hmm. There's just potential energy to pull, it, to pull it out. That is the same as the energy being put in. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's just energy that, that has been input into the system when they are apart from each other, that when they come close to each other they try to release that, that, that energy that was already there. Now what about the repulsion? Where does that energy come from?
0: I'm not sure I understand the whole thing. Energy is coming from your hand, pushing
1: Precisely. That's not the magnets putting on energy, that's you pushing on the repulsion. So the energy is coming from you, not from the magnets. Right. So really there's... There's... One... There's this sort of magnetic thing but has two sides to it. And so when they were pulled away from each other, the energy was already input into the system. You could look at it that way. If there was only Mm -hmm. one magnetic source in, in the universe then it would be connected. And as soon as you tried to pull it away, as soon as you did pull it away, well, then those magnets, you you're already put in the energy into the system. Mm-hmm. So then they're either trying to come back together or you have to put more energy to push them apart one way or the other. So there's no extra energy in the magnetic system. It's already been applied. It's just now, how does ident- dynamics go through? Okay. And that's kind of the the point that I think is really interesting to me about magnets is that there's nothing extra there. It feels extra because we're not used to it, but there's no extra stuff actually happening. We're just encountering a system after it's been pulled apart. Okay. Or attempting to push a system together by pushing more energy into it.
0: I showed you that YouTube video of the printed... Like printable magnets. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That was so cool.
1: Another interesting thing about about magnets, which I find um, fascinating, if you look at how a a microwave oven works, for example. Mm -hmm. Okay. Getting to the to the nitty gritty of how a microwave oven works, there's a vacuum tube essentially in the inside, and there is a exterior sort of cathode and interior anode, right, and it's just sort of bleeding off electrons, and then there's this, it almost works like a set of gears. This is tuned so that this bleeding off kind of gets thrown back, and then this, as it flips around, kind of works like a set of gears. Okay. to interact, and that creates a waveguide. So your wavelength is between these gear portions okay. that hit the, hit the point where it's setting apart. So it, it sort of moves around, and that just creates <clears throat> this wave of electromagnetic force. Okay. That's what's happening inside the vacuum tube. Is It's this just this, this almost a gear of electrons that's moving around. And that is occasionally interacting with the various portions. It creates this up and down waveform. <laughs> it's it's a wonderful piece of engineering. And
0: I never looked into how magnetron works actually. So.
1: I can I can send you a, a good uh, a good like video that, that describes it better. But th- th- this sure. is essentially how it works. You're you're, you're you're turning an electron gear, okay. and that is creating this on and off function, and it's just sort of rotating around.
0: I had a conversation with Allie last week, week before, about inventions. Like she, you know, kind of the point of view, like, oh, everything's already been invented, type thing, right? <laughs> or it's, it's or, or maybe she way. has like, how do how do, how, do, how do how do things get invented or something like that, right? Yeah. And I told her the story of the microwave, right? It's like, they had this... Well, at first I told her, like, when your grandma was teenager or a kid, there was no microwaves. You had to cook things in the oven. And she's like, wow, that would take a long time. <laughs> you know? So I'm like, yeah, they had this thing that they used for radar. And I, I explained a little bit. And then, like, the guy was tasked with trying to figure out how to sell this for something else, right? And you know the the story, which I think is true, is he uh, accidentally melted a candy bar when he was working with magnetrons. Sounds sort and of because people
1: what, noticed at the, at the time that they were there were stuff like heated around magnetrons. They I don't true. think
0: anyone got the idea of actually applying it to cooking mm-hmm. food, right? Right. But you know, it was that little spark of melting the candy bar that you know made he set him on the path to make something to eat food
1: and that comes from no one was thinking about cooking food when they were trying to make radar right and sort of the the kind of beauty of of discovery for discovery's sake is that you just simply find out ways that the world works and later later comes you how these things could be applied But at the time, you're just trying to figure out and understand what's happening. The applications aren't part of your research, really, not at that level. And that's why that sort of research is sort of pie in the sky, the sort of so called blue sky research, where you're just, why is the sky blue? Well, you ultimately come with Rayleigh scattering. It turns out that you can then use that for a right. whole bunch of things but you don't right. know why is the sky blue well I don't know let's find out um, once you get some idea of some physical repeatable action then you can later come to to re- like if you're trying to research something somebody has discovered how this particular thing works you can make the connection and you can then Bring that in. And usually, it's not the same person who discovers the the ultimate. Uh, not anymore, at least. It's not the same same person who discovers how something works for, that discovers then how to use it to do something else. Right, right. And
0: yeah. that's
1: the that's the beauty of of the body of scientific knowledge is that it's out there. There's yeah. knowledge out there if you're looking for something.
0: Well, like so. In hindsight, you know the the career that I. I'm trying to figure out how I want to phrase it. You know, you're really into the physics stuff, right? You know, like, so maybe in a different life you could have followed that career, right? And done it's the possible. physics thing. Yeah. You know, for me, it's like the thing that I find super interesting right now, not to the level the, that I've been doing hobby stuff at home, but is material science. Mm-hmm. You know, like the shape of a material. Changes its properties. You yeah, know, when you're talking yeah. about nanos and stuff, I'm talking about graphene and things like that, and I think that that is so fascinating. That you know, if there was the promise of material science when I was 18 years old, you know, I pro- may have gone into you know that field.
1: Well, I, it's it's tough to say. Like, I mean, there's all this stuff, and I find I find material science super interesting. I I find I find that relates to a mathematical field known as topology strongly. I don't tell I mean, like, you topology at all I, I don't I, I'm vaguely aware of it but there are people who who uh, know so much about this stuff that are like on the level Like, okay, the level I'm a part of is not even close sure. to like a, a, it, a graduate part student, of it's, but it's interesting, it's but
0: part of it also is like it didn't seem like there was there would be like that much to invent in materials in the yeah. 90s right? And now it's like, oh, my God, what
1: are they going to invent next with material? Part of the beauty of that is also that we have a whole... It turns out that there's been a lot of exploration into this field. It just hasn't happened in terms of science. It's happened because of evolution. It happened because things needed to adapt and they found a way to adapt that we are now finding whoa there's there's total ways that we haven't looked at things like for example they i recently read a report or or a study or something about how um these guys made new leds that are 60 percent brighter than normal leds and they did it by looking at how the how the um the apparatus the like the the outside apparatus of a firefly Okay. Makes it brighter than it normally would be with just that amount of light. And just the, the material. When you squish
0: the goo and, and smear well, on... it on it,
1: No, it, it's like how there's right. a refractive sort of. Sure. Um, there's, there, there's some there's index of refraction on the material, and then how the material is presented accentuates that to a point where people were able to replicate that and create 60%. What are 60 percent brighter LEDs to our eyes simply because of the way that it refracts the light, which evolution has, you know, spent millions of years on. We have the we have the advantage that ours that our algorithms are not necessarily random walk. We we can right, right. build towards something. We
0: can see yeah. successful strategies and work yeah. on it or select them. Right. So we get to save a lot of time. A
1: lot of time. But we don't have. I mean. It still takes evolution you know, it takes evolution billions of years to come up with, with, with answers. Usually it takes evolution uh hundreds of thousands of years to come up with, with good solutions to things. Uh and we can sidestep that very quickly because now we don't have to do that that randomness, but we can take ideas from what has been discovered that we have never even considered. And we can look at this and and now we can actually create materials that do the same sort of things because we now have the ability to manipulate matter on that scale.
0: Yeah, I mean, if I had an inkling that there was so much yet to discover in just materials, you know, the field's ripe with invention and innovation and things like that. I mean, from graphene to refractability of LED lenses to, you know, all that shit. And... Man. What
1: are you looking for?
0: The uh, card filled up on the primary recorder. Uh-oh. Backup's still going. But yeah, it says card full on the primary.
1: Did it go to. Uh, what, maybe it's shifted to wave instead of MP3? It still says there's 99 hours left.
0: At least that didn't happen. Oh, <laughs> that saver. Shit. Fill up Maybe this card's just No no It said there's still It's recording again It said there was 99 hours free Maybe this is Dodged a bulleted saver (laughs) Good thing we have Two recorders going
1: Yeah Okay Uh, When you you know When that happened Or did it happen during the I don't
0: know how long ago It happened Yeah okay No no It happened in the post show Yeah okay Um, Now Whether I can retrieve The main show Off that card or not We'll see But
1: we have it backed up in, uh, in the mm-hmm. though uh, still, so
0: yes. I don't know. So, you know, I was thinking, like, oh, man, what a missed opportunity in materials science. You know, it would have been super cool research, you know, like, that's kind of blue sky stuff. Like, yeah. okay, what if I do this? You know, what if I print it this way? Or what if I add in this chemical, you know, like a gorilla, gla- gorilla glass, right? You know, they did it in a potassium bath as opposed mm-hmm. to a something else bath, and it made the glass, like, that much stronger. Well, I got to
1: think that there was, it wasn't like they just said, okay, let's fill all our, our baths with potassium. There was some, like, small-scale... And they tried it and they just well, sure, but yeah.
0: someone found out that you know changing the material, you know, that yeah. the glass was made in or whatnot made the glass stronger. So get in get your kids into material science. I think that's
1: there's so many sciences. I yes. mean, just get I mean, there was <laughs> so much can come from just life sciences, just studying like how mantis shrimp work. Gives you an idea of stuff, studying how, how fruit flies work. Gives you all that stuff is is so important because it's just discovery science, but it gives you. Oh, so yeah,
0: I mean, another one I'm talking about how mant- mantis shrimp, but they're are those the ones that do the the snap the. Okay. Yes, they are. I saw them called. I, I think pistol shrimp too. Right? Yeah, they're, they're calling pistol shrimp now. Yeah, that there was a radio lab about that, uh-huh. right? And they talked about. The, the crackling in World War II The submarines would hide in beds of mantis shrimp So you, you couldn't hear amongst the cacophony of the thing And then You know, just a couple of years ago With high-speed cameras A researcher glued a shrimp to a thing And put it in front of a high-speed camera And, you know, his claw snapped But it was out of focus Because the, the thing that actually was interesting Was in front of the claw So they did it again and, yeah, it was causing a cavitation. What's that? Let me
1: change the audio. I change
0: the audio. No, okay. It would cause the cavitation. And in that little, tiny little space, it caused, you know, it was so much energy that it caused the heat of like 5,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh-huh. And then as it collapsed back down, it caused a shockwave. And then the shrimp evolved to use the shockwave to paralyze their prey. Yeah. So they get within a few inches of the prey, they snap their claw, and it knocks the thing out, and they can just take it and eat it. And... um, So you're talking about application. They're using this... From this idea, they're using application with a helmet of um, transducers to focus sound on the blood-brain barrier to get medicine into the brain. Because it... Able mm-hmm. to get like holes poked like with this yeah. thing from the mantis shrimp. So,
1: just because they studied how mantis shrimp work, not because they they're just curious, and that gives you ideas that oh wow well, we can use this. Because yeah, evolution had plenty of time to work on this kind of stuff, and we mm-hmm. haven't. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, we can jump ahead of evolution, but it's great to take hints from things it solved. Problems that it's been able to solve that uh, we haven't had the time to research yet. Yeah,
0: yeah. That, go watch some YouTube videos on pistol shrimp, or listen to that Radio Radio Lab. Listen to the Radio Lab; it's even better. But uh, yeah, I just learned about that a couple weeks ago, and yeah, it definitely had an application in medicine. You know, and not necessarily like like. Okay, what can we do with this? Can can we use this for energy? You know, because it's five thousand degrees. It's as hot as the surface of the sun. You know, (laughs) you know, but it's in such a tiny little space that it
1: doesn't. Yeah. Are you familiar with Noter's theorem? No. One of the probably most amazing uh, and important theorems by uh, a woman named Emmy Noter in, I believe, the uh, nineteenth century. Every conservation law is associated with this symmetry, is the essential idea behind the, uh, the theorem. And this is this has remarkably large ramifications. But the concept is: anytime you have some sort of conservation, the conservation of angular momentum, as an example, where does that come from? Well, it comes from the fact that. There is a rotational symmetry in the system, and since there's a rotational symmetry, there has to be some sort of conservation as you transform it. To give you an idea, um, let's see if I can give it a, a clear idea here. Momentum is a, is a as a conservation of translation of translational symmetry. Okay. So let's say I had a ball. And I was trying to drop it on Earth. Okay? Mm-hmm. And just drop it from, say, a height of six feet. And I drop it, and it falls down. And the momentum is going to be whatever the momentum is going to be. It's going to, gra- it's going to increase as it drops down, but it's mm-hmm. going to be the same. Now, if I move to some place that's elsewhere, but it's still six feet above the Earth, then the, the translational symmetry is, is the same. I've just translated it. The radius of the Earth doesn't matter. I've just translated it along. It's still six feet above the Earth. And I drop it. And the momentum is the same. Now, if I were to move that down some so it's only five feet or four feet, the momentum on the ball would be different. So the translational symmetry is not conserved. Do you see what I'm saying? Translation means where am I moving? Oh, it's conserved because
0: you move down.
1: Well, I move down, which means that... The you have tra- to put
0: that whole transfer into... Well, the...
1: see, translation just means left to right, essentially. It doesn't mean up and down. Well, okay. it can mean up and down if up and down is the conserved. Okay. A ro- so there, there's, different, there's a rotation, which is about... Which is a movement about some radius and there's a translation which is this movement with a radius at infinity. So it goes across whereas if I were rotating with a radius that wasn't at mm-hmm. infinity, it would go around, right?
0: Sure, okay.
1: So let me give you a, a, a different concept.
0: Well, I mean, What you just said was, okay, drop it at 60, drop it at four, five feet, it's not the same. Well, yeah, it's not the
1: same. Yeah, well, because the the your your translational symmetry is not the same. You you're not oh, okay, translating but, but, to the same situation. You you're well, this the the situation is not symmetric. Five feet versus six feet is not the from from a surface that is right is not the same. It's not the so, same. So why? So that seems that should be intuitive to everybody. Well, that's the point: is that five feet to six feet, there's a difference. So. The symmetry is not, so there's no, so the value isn't conserved because you're not respecting the same symmetry. The translational symmetry is not being conserved, so you're not respecting that symmetry. So the symmetry of momentum. So my
0: problem is here, I don't know why you're spending all this time on this because, yeah, they're two different things.
1: Well, that means that momentum is not conserved. Momentum is only conserved in the situation where you have, where the translational symmetry is the same. So six feet, six feet, momentum is conserved. Six feet, five feet, momentum is not conserved. There's a difference. All right. Right. So the symmetry is this way. And if you move it to some other thing that you're not respecting that symmetry, then you also don't get the same confirmation. Okay. So the interesting thing that applies to that is energy. Energy is. Uh, conserved, is the value that's conserved in a system that, um, oh, sorry, let me find a, a... energy is, is the value that's conserved in a system that respects time translation symmetry. So not just spatial translation symmetry, but in time. The idea here is that if you take some system, hit a billiard ball in the past, or take a system, hit a billiard ball in the future, if there's nothing else different, then the energy of that system will look the same. Okay. Whereas if there was a difference that was not time translation then it might look different. You might have energy not being consumed. An yeah. example here is the expanding universe. Energy is not conserved in the expanding universe. Well,
0: I understand what you're saying. I think I understand what you're saying, but it, it's not conserved if you don't take into account the expansion of the universe you take it into account then everything
1: well if, if, if your system all you're talking about is the same size system and the same but that size system has to increase to account for what has happened right, right. so the same system from 10 million years ago expressed in the exact same quantity of space doesn't have the same energy Because the space from 10 million years ago, 10 billion years ago, is not as full of energy as the space now is full of energy because the universe is Okay. Uh, Sure. So the universe doesn't actually respect, as a whole, from what we can tell, the universe doesn't respect conservation of energy. The universe, as a whole. Okay. But conservation of energy is like if you define energy simply as that which is conserved well then you're not getting a good picture because you're defining energy in terms of energy you're defining energy in terms of some value that that is conserved and that's not really telling you anything about what it is that you're conserving whereas if you say that energy is the generator of time evolution that gives you a better idea, because then you're saying so every sy- symmetry has some generator. So for rotational, for so for translational symmetry, the generator of translational symmetry is momentum, and the generator for time translation symmetry is energy. Okay. Okay, I I don't think I described that right, but I just want to. G- okay, I'm giving you a broad idea. Then I'll hopefully we'll give you a better understanding later. Okay. Because I understand that symmetries have to do with conservation values very intimately. There's some sort of symmetry. There's, there's some sort of seesaw that's been broken, right? All right. And it's broken across some interface. Okay. And so that value, that now you can play your stuff, too. Let's go back to your stuff.
0: OK. Find something else.
1: Damn it, I had this in my head. like <laughs> I had a great way to describe this. And it's all failing. It's, I feel like it's all falling apart. It unwise, hmm. Picked up where it left off, right? right. my my whole point here is that there is actually a very very pretty mathematical way of looking at this stuff any of these situations have to do with respecting some sort of broad symmetry and all that we see around us everything is by virtue of some symmetry being broken because if there was no symmetry being broken, everything would be uniform. You can agree with that, right? Sure. Okay. So at some point, the reason why we have water and we have bottles and we have you and me and we have everything else is because there is some symmetry that's broken. Because otherwise things would simply be the same. And so the question is, what? how do we identify these symmetries and, and what happens... What is it that's broken? Right? Because if we can then identify those, we can identify sort of the very basics of how the universe works. If you identify the, the, the parts that are broken and how to fix them, if you will, you can sort of figure out, okay, well, this is how this is broken, this is how this is broken, this is how this is broken. You get to fundamentals. Because you're saying, well, you can take apart all the brokenness and... Turn it into something very simple. An example here before your analysis, where you have some really crazy waveform, right? Some crazy, ridiculous. Like we're, we're listening to, and you find a way to turn it into all of its individual components that are slightly different from a sine wave, mm-hmm. because we know exactly what a sine wave is mathematically. We know sine waves and cosine waves. We know exactly how to represent them that right way and we can turn all the little parts into their own little, little bit, and we can combine them into what we hear now, and we can separate them into all the little pieces that break that symmetry that we see in a sine wave or a cosine. Wave. Okay. So when we do that, then we get, we get this fundamental, which is this sine wave is how we expect things to work. And that is kind of how we expect the world to work, from a quantum mechanic's perspective is everything sort of looks like a harmonic oscillator Everything just sort of goes up and down and up and down very regularly. And then there are other things that influence that in different dimensions and move that out and have that kind of go crazy in some other dimension. And then that sort of gets combined and combined and combined into music. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that the that's one of the best ways to understand quantum mechanics is to think about it, that everything is basically a wave everything and then all quantum mechanics is is setting how these waves evolve based on other things that are added or other combinations another way to look at it is probability it's a great way to look at probably Probability matrix has to be one Okay. It has to add up to one. And we know how to do that based on circles. So there's some sort of circle, and we know how that that this thing evolves, it goes around once, and there's one. Right? There's a unit circle. Okay. Imagine that circle in a whole bunch of extra dimensions. And you're just saying quantum mechanics is very much... I mean, like, literally, it comes down to... All right, this let's say this is the radius of your circle Mm -hmm. and it's bobbing around in all these dimensions. All we do is we make sure that all that bobbing adds up to one and that's quantum mechanics. How that bobs around is the probabilities of what happens. And making sure that all that bobbing around of this radius adds up to one gives us an idea of what's going to happen. But really when you come down to quantum mechanics is matrix operations you're doing on probabilities that have to equal one that's it that's how we understand quantum mechanics it is very much this little radius moving around a circle in multiple dimensions it has set up to one okay so the fundamental idea is really very simple it's all the stuff that comes on to understanding all the things that make it shake Right, make it move off of that standard that's complicated but the fundamental idea, the fundamental construction is as simple as any other math you do
0: you lost me a little bit ago (laughs) alright,
1: sorry, I'm trying it
0: was interesting, the other day Heather found uh, it's an older story about an older resource project but it was something about I I couldn't find it. She must have. I think she took it down because she's getting some shit on Facebook about it. Uh, It was uh, children, non-religious children can better distinguish fact from fiction than religious children can. Oh,
1: sure, sure, sure.
0: And um, well, first off, yeah, I think she's fine. You know, it took a while, but it seems like she's firmly planted in my camp now. So that that's good. But she posted it on Facebook and her sister's husband, super religious Catholic guy, right? He he's the first guy to comment back. He's like, What a load of horseshit. There's so much empirical evidence to the contrary. I'm like, wait, Heather cited a research.
1: Yeah, where's paper your empirical evidence to the contrary?
0: And, and you're saying empirical evidence, you know, where the fuck's your <laughs> cited research?
1: What was his answer? I
0: didn't I didn't write it back. Maybe I will. Just the other day. But... Uh, I was surprised she posted that, you know? With family and everything, you know. We're the only atheists in the bunch.
1: Well, this is one of those things, though. It, it's Atheism is not a thing you get through Revelation. Atheism takes time. Mm-hmm. It requires thinking. Right. So, you're not going to turn somebody into an atheist with an argument like that. But a slow data trickling mm-hmm. will influence somebody eventually. So she's doing exactly the right thing. Just slowly introduce them to the idea and let them accept their, or deny it, but ultimately the, the weight of the evidence is going to become powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no... You're never going to convince someone of something...
0: There were some flaws to this, so she posted a story that was a blog post that linked to the Slate article, which talked about the research. And the blog post had some, some issues, in my opinion. It was about this dad who was raising their kid without religion, and like, but like, not telling him what religion was.
1: Where's that extra sound coming from? Was that from there?
0: Yeah, it's the air conditioner. Oh. <laughs> That better? Yeah.
1: The um, play, play, play me,
0: play me. I can play you in the left ear, play me in the right ear, and then let people listen good. to whatever that's they want. Not a good idea. <laughs> uh, what was I oh, so the blog post had some problems. Like, they, like I'm raising my kid, you know, kid without religion. It was a part of a series of blog posts, and like, yeah, so and so thinks that you know they're no longer castles, but he has no idea what people do inside churches. I'm like, why, why are you, like, keeping it, like, a forbidden secret? You know, it just seemed wrong to, like... It seemed like there was so much... Maybe he was waiting for the kid to actually ask. I don't know, but, you know... You know, like, I don't keep it a forbidden secret. I'm like, if you want to go to church, you yeah, can no, go to church.
1: I, I recently went to, a, to my friend's uh, christening, uh, or, or his daughter's christening. And it was my first... Maybe my second Catholic guest I've been to is interesting. At times, very pretty. But, like, not like, not really, anything other than that. It was, <laughs> somebody who, you know, raised raised Jewish and now is going to be atheist, mm-hmm. it didn't have any effect on me other than to be like, well, okay, yeah, this is silly. This is silly. Time is, to stand right, up, that, time to
0: sit down, time to kneel, time that, to stand there's up. There's some
1: very pretty music here. There's some, you know, very basic uh, humanistic ideas in here. But,. There's not There's nothing You know Profound or amazing In here Um And then the sermon Was terrible <laughs> But that, that That's not here or there The this, this, this service Was very pretty But it wasn't
0: Yeah The um so Yeah there was issues With like I'm not sure exactly Yeah, He was talking about empirical. It sounds like he was actually Talking about the research But like What empirical evidence <laughs> Sorry that your kids are gonna believe in fairy tales.
1: Well, I don't know if the kids will. So, I, maybe some will, but yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot. Allie's of funny.
0: She's she's so. I mean, I'm not saying it's related to because the way we're raising her, but you know, recently in school, they were talking about like determining whether things are, are facts or opinions, and she'll always come back when I say something like that's your just your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your dad Damn it That's a fact
1: <laughs> Well no uh, No
0: no no She's right Right yeah, She yeah. can tell the difference But she, she points it out I'm like <laughs> and I have fun with it You know But it, It's funny It's like No that's not a fact That's just an opinion That's uh, But I need to go to bed now That's an opinion
1: Well okay Yeah right So there's <laughs> yeah, there, There's things where you're like mm, Okay Um
0: she hasn't thrown that one out specifically, but you know, there's there's things on that analogue.
1: Right. Yeah, I don't know how to how to respond necessarily to that.
0: Like, <laughs> you know, or just things like, you know something something's the best pizza or something like that. And she'd be like, that's just your opinion. Well that is <laughs> well, your opinion, right.
1: so you're you're absolutely I, right I on know. that one. But shit. Shit. Shit, man, shit.
0: It's funny but she's definitely hardcore on determining facts versus opinions.
1: I'm going to play this again for you because how prescient it was. I think I played it for you before, but still.
2: Just yesterday, Barack Obama was reelected to a second term as president, but that doesn't mean it's too early to start looking ahead at potential GOP candidates for 2016. Some experts say a front-runner has already emerged in the form of this shrieking white-hot sphere of pure rage. The sphere seen here decimating homes in a small Maryland town is testing through the roof with conservatives who were disappointed with Obama's victory last night. Jason Copeland, why is this thing so popular? Well,
3: Andrea, look, this screaming orb just might be the only one who really taps into the deep-seated, seething fury felt by so many Republicans right now. That's true. This thing is young, it's exciting, it feeds off fear and terror it's no wonder conservatives are raving about it Mitt Romney just didn't get me fired up enough to vote Uh, but that sphere of anger really speaks to me (laughs) usually through my television or in my nightmares
2: it's got me building this hive now, we know the thing is popular, but does this rage sphere actually want to run for president? Well,
3: Andrea, it hasn't said no. I mean, when interviewed, the howling conservative plasma orb reportedly said, quote, a loud whirring sound, some unintelligible shrieks, bow before me, more piercing violent shrieks, guns, not our America, and then uh, it just repeated faggots at a deafening pitch for hours and hours. Okay, but but that
2: sounds pretty noncommittal, committal Well, Jason. that's right. I
3: mean, look, you know, if Republicans want this thing to run, they're going to have to find some way to trap it, communicate with After- Absolutely. steer in the right direction. Some conservative <laughs> leaders have already begun offering sacrifices of virgins and livestock, okay. which is a good first step, obviously. And Jason, so, now, I mean, um,
2: we are getting some yeah. breaking news right now that the sphere is making further political inroads. Apparently, Senator Richard Burr of North Carolina has just an hour ago resigned his wow. seat in the Senate to the beast. Uh, in an official statement that we have here, Burr said, quote, it will do better than I ever could. Nowhere to run. Lead me to my end. I am worthless. It owns us. That's the wow, quote, big, Jason. Big, development there. Yeah, so grows the orb. Now, Jason, is it too soon to speculate as to who the sphere might pick as its running mate? Well, I, I can't see the sphere
3: picking anyone other than the dark, ominous cloud of racism that the Republicans love so much. right. I mean, it's been around for years. It has experience. And if the party gets serious about its ground game in Iowa and the maelstrom's able to maintain cohesion without exploding and exterminating life on this planet, yeah. I think we can expect the announcement of a white. Hot sphere, horrible lurking fog ticket as early as Christmas 2015. Thank you, Jason. Later in
2: the hour, Thanks, we'll take an in depth look at some early frontrunners for the Democrats, including Joe Biden, Martin O'Malley, and the magical arc of empty promises. <laughs>
1: 2012, November 26, 2012. Yes, that, that's pretty good. Kind of nailed it. <laughs>
0: Except the uh, racist clouds, the top of the ticket.
1: Yeah, well, it, the, yeah. The interesting thing was was that the faggots part is replaced with Mexicans, right? <laughs> that, that's kind of the only difference.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, that's um, prescient is the word for
1: that. Yes, I just don't know what to say. To that except for yep. Yep. Uh,
0: uh I wasn't even ready to talk about politics tonight.
1: I didn't I didn't bring it up to talk necessarily about politics. Yeah, I'm not today. ready to
0: have, yeah. I don't have any uh new fresh opinions. I think I need to uh I don't know. When is it? It's June, November.
1: Yeah. It'll be interesting for sure. There's there's a lot to um, there's a lot still to happen, but I'm sticking to my prediction that seventy thirty Trump wins, but hopefully that changes.
0: I heard uh, on NPR. Bernie Sanders supporters say you know what I'm just gonna fucking vote for Trump hopefully it'll pop that zit and we'll have a revolution
1: (laughs) that's one thing I like about okay so Mr. Robot starting again soon Uh, within I think the next week or two okay Um, what Mr. Robot gets right is that revolutions are messy fucking business and what happens in a revolution is not everybody makes out awesomely. It's that the people who are powerful, for the most part, stay powerful. The people who are involved in the revolution are fucking crazy, hung
0: as traitors,
1: <laughs> uh, and shit goes bad for everybody involved because it's not—it's <laughs> not normal. Mm-hmm. These things to happen revolutions are not the kind of things people should wish for right it doesn't stop people from wishing for them but maybe it's me being an old fogey but I feel like revolutions are very much when you're young you think they're awesome and when you get older you think that they're like the worst that it could possibly happen <laughs>
0: yeah I I don't know there's to me there's a difference between the current definition of revolution and a revolt you know like a revolt sounds uh, violent and a revolution sounds changing you know.
1: How many revolutions are you aware of that are not violent?
0: Well, the Industrial Revolution.
1: wasn't violent?
0: No. Aside from a couple Pinkertons, it wasn't that violent.
1: Are you sure you're considering (laughs) what happened in in the Industrial Revolution? The, the rapid spread of inequality and sweatshops and other types of things and rapid devaluation of people okay it but, took a lot of time for us to catch up and understand yeah.
0: but that's what I mean that's kind of what I'm talking about though is when you talk about a revolt right it's guys with guns and shooting people mm-hmm. and revolution is the isn't, I mean, it also you know, it means this rapid change or whatever, but you know, its root word is revolt, right?
1: Revolve is the root, root word,
0: and, and so it's not, and revolts root word is not revolve then? It
1: Probably is, yeah.
0: Okay. So, I don't know. I was thinking that a revolution required a revolt.
1: I, you know, in I, the
0: in the original definition of revolution, and then there's this new definition of revolution from the industrial revolution to the technological revolution to the internet of things revolution, whatever the hell it is. Things revolution. I don't know. I'm just, just Trying to find another example.
1: Well, okay, all revolutions are violent to something. How that violence plays out and to whom and to what it harms is different. But there's definitely a violent component in terms of anytime you you have some sort of massive change, right? There's some violence inhibited in terms of the the broad way of defining violence, which is an abrupt change that causes, you know, that that, uh, has a massive expulsion of energy. That would be sort of how I would define violence. So you you have any any system that is moving?
0: I don't know, to me, a revolt, right, is people willing to give their lives for the, the cause, right? They're fighting for something.
1: Well, keep in mind what, that I'm, I'm generalizing very strongly here, but you have some object that's moving with some certain immersion right? In order to change that object, you have to you have to either make it move slowly. Deflect it very slowly, which doesn't require a lot of energy, or deflect it very quickly, which requires a lot of energy and a very violent interaction. Right?
0: Okay. You, I mean, all right, all right. Yeah, you using violence. I'm talking about human violence. I'm talking about right. death. Yeah, I'm using yeah, a very, naming. I'm using
1: a very generalized version of violence. violence essentially means very sharp interaction that causes a massive change very quickly. So any that requires violence, any change that is on that level requires some violence to something. Okay. It's just physics. It's all just physics. That's the nice thing about physics is it all boils down to this stuff. That applies everywhere. The, the simplest part applies everywhere. Inertia, that kind of thing, that applies to everything. There's nothing it doesn't apply to. That I know of. Right. Talk to me. Talk to me.
0: I don't know. you heard it.
1: That's why I love this subject, because it gives you an understanding of things very deeply that doesn't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily translate fully.
0: No, because we can't, we're not even close to being able to compute all of the variables. No,
1: no, not at all. But at a very basic level, you can say this this and this and this and this and this will happen because you know how the physics of this works. Now, you don't know what the combination of all that effects will be. There's no way you can tell that. But you you will be able to say, okay, well, this crazy thing will happen, this crazy thing. Maybe something beautiful will come out of it. But whatever happens, there's going to be some violence. Unless you change it very slowly. Because then you're minimizing the violence. All right. Okay, fine i'll stop <sighs> i thought this was i thought i was being brilliant but i clearly i'm being just, i'm not I'm talking being, about turbulence
0: no, no. and molecules as violence i'm talking about humans killing let humans me finish my
1: thought let me finish my thought i said i thought i'm being brilliant but clearly i'm being totally stuck up my own ass because if i was being brilliant jeff would fucking agree with me uh, the fact that he isn't agreeing with me is that I'm just stuck up my own ass, thinking that I'm right, and I'm clearly not, because otherwise Jeff would be like, "Yeah, I totally agree," uh, because at least if I was perfectly right, then there would be no doubt. Okay, yeah, I guess. So, so I'm going to take Allie's advice, which is that's just your opinion, and <laughs> and take it to heart. <laughs>
0: okay. All right, so yeah, let's just move off that subject because right. I don't think there's any value to come from that. We already beat that horse.
1: I um, like this. I think
0: Penguins are in the Stanley Cup Finals. That's exciting mm-hmm. for me. <laughs>
1: they are indeed in the in the Stanley Cup Finals. what does that uh, what does that tell you?
0: What do you mean? What does that tell me? I don't know. Oh, okay. It's, uh... I was really hoping they were going to win it at home the other night. But the uh, San Jose goalie stood on his head. He really won the game for his Mm -hmm. team. Can't can't really fault him. He did an amazing job. Penguins... There's things here and there they could have done better, but... uh,
1: They're still up by two games with two games to go, right? So... Two
0: games to win it, right? So of course they, you never want to go to game seven, right? Right. Because a bounce can determine the game. So you want to win it, but it means you're going to win it in San Jose. It would have been nice. Penguins have won three Stanley Cups. All of them have been on the road. It would have been nice to win it at home with a cushion, Mm -hmm. you know, on uh, what was that Thursday night? But you know, it is what it is. Probably win it tomorrow. Hope so. Uh,
1: Makes it easier if they win tomorrow versus waiting till what is it? uh, uh, So Monday or Wednesday? Wednesday. 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 Well, they really have a lot of time between games because
0: it's you know two you know three time zones instead of just a day off. They're giving two days off between each travel for for travel. So they
1: they come back to Pittsburgh for the seventh game. So okay. Yeah.
0: So it's two. 2-1-1-1, right? 2 in Pittsburgh, 2 in San Jose. 1 in Pittsburgh, 1 in San Jose, 1 in Pittsburgh. is the way they do it. So yeah, Game 7 would definitely be in Pittsburgh. And we could still have our home Stanley Cup victory.
1: But that's a lot of... uh... You, You don't want it to come
0: down to a game set. You don't want to lose two games to the Sharks and then expect to win the third game.
1: That'd be bad. Yeah. So there was definitely this that uh, I thought of, uh, or I I think of when it's it's cold outside.
0: (laughs) California dreamer?
1: When it's cold outside. Okay. Right?
0: We could probably write a really good beer parody song to this.
1: Probably. What would it be? Uh, California comments. <laughs> I was thinking
0: like IPA or something, but uh,
1: California. With such an IPA. I went to the. I went to the brewery. <laughs>
0: We'll have to work on another yeah, album I'm not sure about, uh, about that one you know call, We'll make a Slack channel With some uh, lyrics okay. And some
1: Work on another album <laughs>
0: You wanna wrap this up?
1: Uh, Hold on a second
4: See here, Wesel. I thought I told you to shut up.
1: Battle <laughs> <Not all people. laughs> <laughs> 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 from Alabama, your wife. Appears.
0: Okay. Anything else? about what was it? it
1: was that bag talk we talked about It's mediocracy Oh okay I'm trying to see the interesting stuff that I have in my list of YouTube shit that I've gone over. I guess I'm I guess I'm good. Okay. Do you wanna see no, never mind. No. Hey, a
0: friend of mine just won bronze at the NH National Homebrewers Conference. Oh cool. Guy in a homebrew club, Armand. I'm not sure if you've ever met him.
1: Sweet. Have you seen the Frederick Douglass vs. Thomas Jefferson epic rap battles of history?
0: I think so. I think you've showed that to me before.
1: No, this is new. Uh So probably not. Okay. So we can end with this. Is it part of the series? Yeah. I'm okay. going
4: President. The fuck you do? You finished?
5: Okay. Straight out of bondage. A friendly motherfucker here to diss you. Big, big hair. Big nuts. Big diss Starting with your nickel. There's a real decoration. As for races, tell the slave plantation. A hey, sure. soft white machin' marshmallow. Watching my people sweat while you sat playing cello. Hello. But now you're facing me, Freddy D. I never worked for your ass, but I kick it for free. Oh, you're still
4: never heard a verse i dug less all right i admit it i confess i participated in a broken system that i hated but i needed to keep my financial status situated and the words i used were hideous block to describe the slave trade and the pain it hath brought and i fought to stop the trade of new slaves in virginia when i ran the whole state and still made it home for dinner so forgive me i was busy and i had a lot to do but we did it you're free now so we cool buying it
5: you talk about freedom but you ain't applying shit so no we ain't cool you found an absentee father you had six babies with your slave mama and never even bothered to free you when you died on the 4th of july it's a very important holiday but what the fuck does it mean to this guy because i celebrate december 6th your famous saying they need to put a asterisk next to your
1: name <laughs> <laughs> all right clever I, I think you should yeah. check him out you showed me
0: one of those before mm-hmm. oh yeah I'm pretty sure, I'm sure it was Thomas Jefferson or something but cool. Cool. All right. I guess I'll see you again. Oh, oh
1: you, Einstein versus Bill Nye. I think that's is that. Have you seen that one?
0: No, I haven't seen that one. Okay. I, well, I guess one more, huh? Yeah. Oh,
1: Isaac Newton versus Bill Nye. Okay. Even
6: better.
4: Bill Nye. No
5: sir Sorry! No of all the scientific minds in history, they
4: put Beaker and a bow tie up against me. I'm a master. I discovered gravity. I dropped rhymes like they fell from an apple tree. You don't match for me. You got a bachelor degree. I got a unit of force named after me. You want to battle, guy? That's a crazy notion. When I start blowing, I stay in motion. <laughs> did you catch that? Or did it go too fast to attack? Perhaps it'd be better if I added an oblique or a blue for another wacky sound effect. When I create the science, you explain to kids Yes, it's true What I used to do is teach kids science on my PBS show But now I do What I gotta do to make sure a scientific thought can grow And I'm still in my prime, hitting my stride What'd you do with the back half of your life? You freaked out, started counting, going from the bank And you sure didn't have no wife Oh, you wrote a book on gravity But you couldn't attract nobody Your work on orbits was exemplary, But your circle of friends was shoddy Oh, you don't wanna mess with the guy Build up uh-huh. one A rap sharp like a needle in your eye uh-huh. Stick to drink of that version Has an equal and opposite reaction Except for when we both start rapid. I accelerated the mind of mankind To a higher plane of understanding And I can't calculate the weight and the size and the shape Or the shadow of the mind you're standing in And I will leave you with a page from a book I wrote at half your age Three but the integral c from 0 to 1-6 the why of base E or the square root of 3 the 54, power of 1 Why don't you pick on the brain
5: you are <laughs> We
0: got a bad ass over here What's I got your back guy looks like you no know, Ghost Tyson Hey the way the to your
6: little is infinite but this battle
0: I thought you liked that one. Alright. Excellent. See you again next time, buddy.